Hello, welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. We are on week seven, day four. My name is Brianna, and I am your author and teacher today. And if you were listening yesterday, you know my job is to, as a teacher, equip you so that you can grow up into Christ with the rest of us and be protected from false doctrine and heresies, but also enjoy your relationship with God and to discover every good thing you have in Christ Jesus. So let's get started. This topic that we're going to be on today is really incredible. And what we're doing today is we're reviewing something from day three today. Um, I want to start by saying that the American mentality of Christianity is very me, me, me centered. Who am I? What is, um, uh, you know, God's big plan for me? Um, where am I going to go? What is my destiny? What is, uh, you know, it's just very self, a very self-centered gospel that is being believed. Even if it's not directly being taught, um, we all want to, we're all very selfish. I think it's just human nature um, that we're very selfish. But what the mystery of, of Christ is that we are one and adopted into a family. We are um, purchased by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, to be a part of the family of God. And every single person is extremely important as an individual to God. First of all, you are loved intimately, personally, in the middle of your trials. He knows you better than anybody. He knows exactly what needs to happen in your life to do more for you than you can ask or imagine. But that means you're not just saved for yourself. You are saved for Christ to be a part of something greater. And I believe all of us want to be a part of something even greater than ourselves, um, especially if being a part of that something greater than ourselves brings the greatest fulfillment, brings the greatest um, meaning and um that is exactly what the body of Christ does and is. So we are going to look. Um, we are going to look at the passage here in Ephesians chapter four. So it says in Ephesians four. Um, it, hmm. Well, this is a very long sentence in Ephesians four seven through sixteen. So I'm not going to read the whole entire thing, but I'm going to say I'll. Um, I'll recap the beginning that when Jesus rose again and ascended into heaven, um, he ascended and he led captivity captive. He set us free. So the captives that were held captive are captive no longer. And Jesus chained up death and hell and he took victory over them. And he brought people out, not just to bring them out of captivity, but to give them responsibility, to give them purpose, to give them honor in his kingdom. And then the roles of the people that he put in the fivefold offices of the church are to protect, unify, build up the body of Christ and to protect the body of Christ. So that the body of Christ, we're going to start on verse 15, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. 
from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth for the edifying of itself in love. Whoa. Okay. So my mind is blown. When I was um, writing this book and I'm sitting down, I was laying on my bed on my stomach. My daughter's laying beside me. My husband's kind of sitting up on the bed. Everybody's doing their own thing. And I was like, hold your horses. Everybody listen to this. And I read this passage out loud. My husband was like, what does that say? And I said, let me read it again. It says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So it's like, what does that mean? And it says, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So I was like, what is this every joint supply? So our body is joined together. So if you imagine your actual body, you've got fingers, you've got arms, you've got joints, and they're they're knit together. And it says, by what every joint supplies, they're joined together. And I was like, what does that mean spiritually? So I looked it up as we should, every good Bible study um, studier. I looked it up in Bible Hub. I did a Greek word study on this word supply, and it means supply, provision, or equipment. And the Helps Word Study says this word, origia, means lavish resources, making an event a grand production. Wow, that made my jaw drop. I, I am so stirred in my spirit when I hear that. Because each person, when each person brings what God gives that person to the table, it makes body life a grand production. It makes it a lavish event. And I cannot tell you how incredible it is whenever we do a women's conference and we have a team of people working and everybody does their part. I have some people that are straight up hardcore prayer warriors, and they are praying every day intensely for this event. I think that's one of the most important parts. They're not just saying a quick prayer. They are straight up praying really deep prayers, doing spiritual warfare for these events. You have people that are doers and they've got gifts of administration and they're good at getting things done and organizing things. And then you have people that are um, that are speakers. You have people that are worship leaders. You have people that are servants and, and like they've got a servant heart and they love to serve. I have a friend who says, my spiritual gift is serving. And if I am not serving, I feel like a little piece of dirt. Like I feel so worthless. She said, I have to be serving. And when she has, she has this gift, she said, I call people during the day. If I don't have anything to do or anybody to serve, I call somebody and say, is there any way I can serve you today? That person blesses my socks off. And then I always feel bad, which I shouldn't feel bad because she's operating in her gift and she delights in it. Instead of being like, I don't want to be a servant. That's just, I'm not a doormat. She's like calling people. How can I serve you? I mean, and, and for me, even though I don't have the gift of service, 
she's an example to me of how to serve. Like when I look at her, I see Jesus. I'm like, whoa, this lady knows how to serve. I need to serve better that way. I need to have a heart for that. And then you've got the encouragers. You've got the encouragers who they're very sincere, but they are always telling everybody what they're doing. I feel like the encouragers, and that's a spiritual gift in Corinthians. You can read the the list of the spiritual gifts. The encourager sees things through God's eyes. and, And I believe the encourager speaks God's words. And that encourager is like, like you totally blew me away when you did that. Whenever you led worship, I felt the Holy Spirit. Women around me were crying. Um, It was so beautiful. You worked so hard on that. And then, like, I can't even do it the way that an encourager would. An encourager rocks it. But then when you're like, like when an encourager encourages me, I always, the teacher side of me, I'm like, you have the spiritual gift of encouragement. And they don't even know it. They're like, I do. I have the gift of encouragement. I'm like, you have it. You are using it. So then I try to like tell them like, thank you for using your gift of encouragement. It's so important to have those encouragers in the body of Christ. So you have all these people working together. Um, You've got the organizers. You have, you have people that are praying over people. Um, Man, it is, it is an amazing time when you have the body of Christ doing ministry and everybody's doing their part. And I, I'll tell you, I love to speak. I love to teach God's word. And when I can get up and use my gift and teach and speak, I am on fire. I'm, I feel the presence of God so strong. And, and you know what's crazy is when other people see someone working and operating in a spiritual gift, they'll go like, you, you need to calm down. That's too much. Like you're just doing too much. I don't want you to get burnt out. But I'm like, when somebody says that to me, I'm like, you don't understand. This is the thing that really lights me up. Like, this is my favorite thing to do. Like, out of the whole entire year, I would rather do this than sit on the beach. And and when you feel that way about something, you know, wow, this is the Holy Spirit's work in me. So, you know, don't discourage somebody from doing their spiritual gift, but encourage them and know that um, you have a spiritual gift too. And God gives those gifts to people. So it says in Corinthians that you are to eagerly desire the greater gifts. And if you do not even know what your gift is, I would not say by I would not say start by taking a spiritual gifts test. I would say start by getting on your face and saying, Holy Spirit of the living God, baptize me in your presence, in your power, and in your gifts. Fill me, Lord God. Give me spiritual gifts. And you're going to start to see things happening in your life. You need to make it, you, you need to go before the Lord and ask him. Jesus said, in the context of the Holy Spirit, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And the Greek verb tense is keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, because God will give it to you. And every single person is important, even if you're a shut-in. If you're a shut-in, you can pray. You are an important part. You can call somebody and encourage them. Um, There are many things. You can write somebody a letter. There are many things that you can do even as a shut-in. And speaking of shut-ins, 
If you're not shut in, remember the shut ins. Remember those that are weak. Remember those that are sick. Um, pray for those that are sick and and bring them a meal. Um, there are lots of things we can do in the body of Christ. We should be doing this together. Nobody is exempt. Um, and when you work in your gifts, you are going to find the most fulfillment, the most joy ever. So I'm going to leave you with that. The idea that you have something lavish, you have something amazing to make the body of Christ a lavish event. When you go to church, are you like, what can I get out of this church? What are they giving me? Do you see the needs? If you see a need, maybe the Lord is showing it to you. You should not be like, oh, I wish this this church had more children's ministry, or I wish this church had more um, decorations. I Just pray about it. Maybe God is showing you and you need to help um, because it's not all on the paid staff. That's not scriptural. Um, it's body life, and we should all be impacting and using our gifts to God's glory in your local body of believers. So I'm going to leave you with that. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow for week seven, day five. <music>